I don't need help. I'm not in an abusive relationship. This is just how it is for us. It's a lie we tell ourselves, one that many in abusive relationships repeat until they believe it. But there's hope. Welcome to I'm Not In An Abusive Relationship, a podcast about surviving domestic and sexual violence. This show is about hope. You will hear from survivors of abuse, and their stories may sound familiar. They may even inspire hope. Our goal is to connect with others in these toxic relationships to offer that hope, and with supporters of our mission, anyone willing to help get rid of abuse in our culture. We also talk with the experts in the field, from the officers on the front lines of domestic abuse calls to the therapists and advocates helping survivors navigate this complicated road of recovery. If you're in need of help, please visit our website or call our 24-7 hotline, 800-828-2023. And if this is an emergency and you need help immediately, please call 911. Welcome to I'm Not In An Abusive Relationship with your host, Claudia Pauls. Welcome to the show. A question often asked in domestic abuse situations is, didn't anyone see the signs? In this episode, we tackle this issue of abuse and warning signs. Executive Director of DASIS, Rose Ludwig, and Deborah Hackworth, Director of Advocacy Services, recently sat down to explore warning signs we see at DASIS and how to recognize domestic violence. Hello, I'm Rose Ludwig, the Executive Director for Domestic and Sexual Abuse Services. I'm here today with Deborah Hackworth, Director of Advocacy Services at Domestic and Sexual Abuse Services. And we wanted to talk about today, are there any warning signs for um, assailants or abusers? But first, we wanted to talk a little bit about what domestic violence is for someone who may be listening for the first time today. So Deborah, could you share with us what domestic violence is? Yes, I can. Uh, domestic violence is the intentional use of force or um, intimidation, physical abuse, sexual assault, and other abusive behaviors to gain or maintain power and control over someone that's in an intimate partner relationship. The frequency and severity of the violence can uh, vary dramatically. However, the one consistent component of domestic violence is the one partner's consistent efforts to gain and maintain power and control over the other person. Now, um, domestic violence is an ec epidemic that's going on, not only in this community, in this country, but around the world. And it happens to individuals in every community, regardless of age, economic status, sexual orientation, gender, race, religion, nationality, and it's often accompanied by emotional abuse and abusive behaviors that is only a fraction of the systematic pattern of dominance and control that one person seeks to have over the other person. So Deb, are there warning signs? Is there something we can be looking out for uh, before the, this pattern of abuse starts? Yes, yeah, so often when we think about domestic violence or abusive relationships, what we picture in our mind is broken bones and bruises and things like that. And while domestic violence often um, does escalate to physical abuse, it doesn't start that way. In fact, when um, abusers start out in a relationship, 
they actually come across as very charming, attentive, and sweet in a relationship. They will work to make you feel comfortable and appreciated and loved. Mm -hmm. So you won't notice the different things that they're trying to do to control you until sometimes it's too late. Usually when the violence intensifies is when the abuser knows that they have someone in a committed relationship. But there are um, warning signs that we can look for to help spot an abusive relationship before it goes too far. One that we um, tend to overlook is the romance. The person will buy you flowers or gifts, make you feel like they're the most romantic partner you've ever met. They'll pay attention and make you feel special and wanted. You may find yourself thinking that this person is too good to be true, and that's because they are. What they're trying to do is um, get you to trust them and develop feelings for them because it makes you much easier to control when you feel like you're in love with someone. They will make you feel like that you are their entire world because that person wants your world to revolve around them. And of course, being romantic is not necessarily a sign of abuse, but an abuser will often use these gifts and romance to distract you from other concerning behaviors such as control and jealousy. Another warning sign is um, intense quick involvement. Um, that person will say that it was love at first sight and that you're made for each other and that they can't imagine their life without you. This kind of person will come in and sweep you off your feet and tell you that they've never loved anyone the way that they love you. They will insist on being exclusive right away wanting to move in together right away or even quickly getting married. Things move very quickly um, in these relationships. And that person needs you to love them and belong solely to them. And you may feel like the relationship is moving too quickly. It's a whirlwind. If you start feeling that way, trust your instincts. It may actually be moving too quickly and you don't have time to really process what's all going on. That is an abusive trait, um, quick involvement. So we're not saying that every relationship that moves quickly is an abusive relationship. We're just saying that some of these warning signs combined could be red flags to heading into an abusive situation. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, every person who have these traits are not abusers. What you want to do is look at these traits along with other traits. Have you heard that this person has been a past batterer? And they will um, say, well, it was just that person. That person made me do it. Mm -hmm. And um, it was actually my partner, not me. And But if you've heard of past battering um, that your significant other has done, there is a good chance that that person could batter again and you would then be their victim. So are there additional warning signs? Absolutely. Um, possessiveness. They'll want you all to themselves. 
they will um, watch you when you're out to see if you're looking at other people questioning you about your friends of the opposite sex or even the same sex and at first the jealousy may seem cute or even loving at first but soon that person will start to make you feel guilty about spending time with your friends and family they'll call you and text you several times a day and may accuse you of flirting and cheating when you have not they'll also say they love you so much they can't stand the thought of you being with someone else or anyone else being near you and soon no one else will be this is the beginning of being isolated mm -hmm. in your relationship and so that's a huge red flag when someone doesn't want you to have any other outside influences in your life except for them another one is they'll be very concerned about you and you're thinking well of course someone who loves you would be concerned about you but is it rational um the person may get upset if you don't call them right back right away or if you're late arriving someplace. They will say it's because they worry about you, but they'll start to question you. Well, um, who did you see? Uh, where did you go? What were you doing? Oftentimes they mask this control as concern for your well-being. And then that person will start wanting to make decisions for you. Um, who you will go see, where you will go, who you will spend time with because they think they know what's best for you. And then soon you'll be asking for that person's approval for mm -hmm. everything you do. Or even if you don't ask, the first question in your mind will be, if I go here or if I do this or if I wear this, what? how's this person going to react? Your control over your own life will slip away as the abuser's power and control grows. And then there's the um, Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde personality, or as I like to say for um, the younger people, Bruce um, Banner and the Hulk. <laughs> They'll be sweet and caring and then just turn on a dime the person will be sweet and caring and the loving person that everyone else sees and the person that you fell in love with, but then they'll become the person who puts you down, makes you feel guilty and isolate you. They'll try to make you believe that if you just did something differently, they would love you more. Or if you love them more, you would act differently or treat them better or would be and if you change who you are, then that person will go back being to the sweet, loving person that you fell in love with. And a lot of times people stay in relationships for hope that it will get back to what it was in the beginning. But most of the time, um, you'll spend your time spinning your wheels trying to placate or um, console or... Um, try to make things right with the person whose only uh, motive is to control you. And eventually you won't be able to tell the difference from um, the person that you thought you fell in love with to this person that they actually are.
And the last um, one that I wanted to talk about was that person will tend to play the victim. If they get in trouble at work, it's someone else's fault. If they have a bad day, it's because someone is out to get them. If they're upset, they'll blame you for their feelings and actions. They'll expect you to make them happy and fulfill. Their happiness and fulfillment in life is dependent on you and what your actions are. And when they're not happy, they blame you. They will um, yell at you and put you down or go even further to physical abuse and then apologize and say, well, it's because you made me feel this way. If you didn't act the way that you act, then I wouldn't act the way that I act. And they'll say things like, it's just because I love you so much and, you know, you just make me crazy. And eventually they'll blame you for making um, them physically attack you or hit you. And so sometimes we might find ourselves in a cycle of self-blame or obviously self-doubt because we start believing the things that they're saying and the way that they're grooming us into being controlled and having power over us. So if I see some of these warning signs, what what can I do if I see these warning signs? Well, first of all, you need to know control, jealousy, and isolation, that is not love. And abusive behavior will not change no matter how hard you try to change that person or how much you love that person. The person may seem like the person of your dreams, but soon they'll become the person of your worst nightmare. And so if you begin to see these red flags or warning signs in your relationship, you are in no way obligated to stay in that relationship and see if things get better. A lot of times these things show up before you get married, before you have children, which makes it a little easier to try and get away from these relationships. But I don't expect for anyone to be able to just walk away on their own. And so there are a number of national and local um, domestic violence agencies and hotlines and crisis lines that you can call and try to talk to an advocate and sort out your feelings, find out what your options are and make a plan to break free from this cycle of violence. The National Domestic Violence Hotline has a number 1-800-799-7233, which is 800-799-SAFE if you're um, in another country or in another state. They can direct you to local agencies that will be able to help you. Here in Southwest Michigan, our number is 1-800-828-2023. And we'll work with you um, over the phone. You can request a non-residential advocate that will meet you in your community if and when it's safe to do so to help you create a plan um, for safety to help you sort out your options to see um, what you want to do, how you want to move forward, and most importantly, um, create a safety plan so that you can be safe 
either leaving your relationship or within your relationship. I will say that um, when a victim decides that they want to leave a relationship, it is the most dangerous time in the relationship. That's a lot of times when um, what is just, I shouldn't say just, what is emotional or psychological abuse, that's when it can and often does turn to physical abuse. Mm -hmm. Because the last thing the abuser wants to do is lose control. And so um, they'll do whatever they feel that they have to do to um, maintain the power and control that they have over the person and they will at times resorts to physical or sexual violence at that time. So you want to work with someone to get a plan in place for safety and to know where you want to go, um, who you can call, um, what to do or not to do in those um, times when the violence could escalate. So what are some of those safety tips that can be used if an individual decides to leave or if they decide to stay? Okay, whether you decide to leave or stay in an abusive relationship, you should know um, what's the best exits in your home. It's kind of like having a fire readiness plan. You don't want your house to catch on fire. You don't expect your house to catch on fire, but you should still have a plan on how to get out if your house catches on fire. And so um, knowing how to exit your house safely, what are, your, what are the exits that you can get? Is there a window if you live on a lower level that you can climb out of? If, the, um, if a disagreement or argument begins to escalate and... Um, you um, are isolated in a closed room. You may want to try to maneuver the conversation or fight into an open area. A lot of times, if we have children, we don't want them to see what's going on. And so let's take this in the room. But then you're trapped in a room. So keeping it out in the open, in the open area that has a couple different ways that you can leave the room is always important. If you have children, let them know. If they hear something going on that's not safe, give them permission to call the police. Teach your children how to responsibly call 911 to get help. Another thing that I tell women is, or victims, um, if the violence starts to escalate and you need to get away, do not run in the bathroom. The bathroom is sometimes the sanctuary where people go and they lock the door because there's usually only one entrance to the bathroom. The problem is bathroom doors are not the most secure doors in the home. They're usually made very cheaply mm -hmm. and um, you can get in them very easily. And once someone has you trapped in the bathroom, there's a lot of hard surfaces that a person can get hurt on, the sink, the toilet, the tub. Mm -hmm. And so I don't suggest that someone goes into the bathroom. I also don't suggest you go into the kitchen. Even though you think, okay, I'll go in the kitchen and I maybe can grab something to protect myself with. Well, the person who is pursuing you could also 
grab something that you could get hurt with. Mm -hmm. And so um, the kitchen is not a safe place. If you live in a highly populated area where you may have neighbors close to you, identify what neighbors that you can go to or that you can trust to tell about what's going on. And if they hear something or see something that they should call the police. If you live close enough, you know, maybe this is a neighbor who you could go to their homes. Where we live is a rural area, and I know a lot of times your closest neighbor is a cornfield. Mm -hmm. And so then we'd have to try and figure out some other different ways to be safe. Um, hiding a pair of car keys someplace that you could get to quickly. Having a bag packed so that if you need to hurry up and go, you can grab your go bag and go. If you called our 800 number, we would even discuss with you some things that you can have in your go bag mm -hmm. so that if you cannot return to your house, you have what you need to be able to start over. Having a code word with family and friends I know um, I used to joke with my mom, if you ever call me and I ask you about asparagus, know that I need help. I've never had to use that, but that's something that if in the middle of a conversation, I just start talking about asparagus, my mom knows that there's something going on bad and she may need to um, call the police or get help from me in some way. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you, Debbie, for sharing with us some of these tips and some of these warning signs. And if you go on our website, there's so many resources that you can research to find information on warning signs and safety plans. And that web address is dasismi.org. That's D-A-S-A-S-M-I.org. Thank you for listening. As always, we're here to help. If you need resources or help in any way, Call our 24-hour hotline at 800-828-2023 or visit dasismi.org. Thank you for listening to I'm Not In an Abusive Relationship. If these stories resonate with you and you need help, please visit our website, dasasmi.org. That's dasasmi.org. Or call our hotline at 800 828 2023. We are here to walk alongside you. Now, if you know someone who might benefit from our show, please share it. Social media, email, simply telling someone about it all help us spread the word and help us to combat domestic and sexual violence. We also welcome financial and volunteer support. That information is on our website. Thank you to the staff, volunteers, and board of directors at Domestic and Sexual Abuse Services. This podcast is produced with the help of a committee of dedicated advocates. Thank you to WBET Radio in Sturgis, Michigan for the use of their studio. This has been a podcast about surviving domestic and sexual violence and a production of Domestic and Sexual Abuse Services of Michigan.